from State Street and the First Midwest Bank Studio, this is ESPN 1000, the new home of the White Sox. WMVP Chicago. The ESPN 1000 Miller Live Post Game Show with your hosts, Howard Griffith and Jeff Mallard. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. And the ESPN Chicago app. Low-scoring games, that's the way these two teams play it. Or at least they have as Montgomery breaks through inside the 40 of Minnesota. At that 80-yarder last week, once he got through, and a strong run there. And a first down from the 14 of Minnesota. Trying to get more. It's Montgomery who has a hole. Montgomery to the end zone. What a run for the Bears. And a touchdown. Will to win. Who wants it the most? David Montgomery saying, I'm not going down. David Montgomery putting in a career day for the Bears, 146 yards rushing, a couple of touchdowns, 32 carries. He also chipped in 16 receiving yards for a combined 162 yards from scrimmage. Pretty nice day as Matt Nagy commits to the run and the Bears go into Minnesota and get themselves a victory. 33 to 27. They go wire to wire. We got a little bit dicey there in the fourth, but they were able to hold on. And Kirk Cousins was not able to provide a comeback for the Vikings. They leaned heavily on Delvin Cook, who went for 132 rushing yards himself. Justin Jefferson, the impressive rookie, had 104 receiving yards on eight catches. And even though he's impressive, I don't care what he does, I don't care how he finishes the season, Tom. I will not, I will under no circumstances give him the title of best Vikings receiver ever. Uh, Randy Moss has that distinction and he just gets it until somebody does something astronomical. And I don't care how Jefferson finishes the season. He cannot usurp Randy Moss's 17 touchdowns on a 15 and one team. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, That's kind of an odd claim. I love Justin Jefferson, but like Randy Moss, what, what was it? Seventeen touchdowns as a rookie. Yeah, and I think I think uh, now this is you're gonna you're gonna laugh that I don't know this off the top of my head because I believe part of the thinking is that Randy Moss only had I'm I'm, I'm not making this up sixty nine nice catches his uh, his rookie year. I think it was sixty nine, and that's probably why you know they people are looking at stats and saying, oh, Justin Jefferson greatest rookie season in Vikings history. But we got to have some context here, man. Randy Moss completely changed. The offense for a fifteen and one team that should have been in the yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you 100. percent I think we obviously it's it's a great example of living in the moment. And I think living in the moment is something that people are doing when they make that claim. Yeah, so again, very impressive. You saw the catch that he made um, right before they uh, had to get down to the uh, final hail mary shot there, but um, it, it was a great uh, great toe tap along the sidelines to get them in better position. Uh, but the Bears' defense was able to knock the ball away and come up with the interception to end the game. So they win 33-27 to 27 there, and uh, they have themselves a 7-7 seven and seven record, and with a little bit of help, they might just be able to sneak into the NFC playoffs as the 7th seed. They would need a Cardinals loss. The Cardinals currently trail the Eagles 16-7 to seven in They're the second quarter. I'm sorry, yes, thank yeah. you. The The Eagles trail the Cardinals uh, now 19-7 yeah. in the second quarter, so the Cardinals are in uh, decent shape right now. And the Chiefs are on top of the Saints 7 nothing. That game obviously 
will affect the Packers run at the uh, NFC number I, one seed. Yeah, I think you can actually look back to the tackle that Duke Shelley made. I think it was Duke Shelley that made, what was it on, on was it third down? Um, after the Mitch Trubisky interception, I believe it was a third down tackle where, where it looked like Dalvin Cook was in the, in the clear and was going to run for a while. And Shelley made a brilliant tackle, and then they stopped him on fourth down. So I think you go back yeah. and look. There were a lot of plays that you, you really, you know, you were excited to see from this team. But I thought, again, as I mentioned earlier, Duke Shelley had a couple of instances where he came away with an, a, a tackle that was very necessary. And a nice play by him, too, because, uh, you, are, you know, a little bit of credit to another Ryan Pace selection there who, you know, hasn't seen a lot of time on the field, but because of Jalen Johnson's injury, steps in today and, like you said, plays uh, more than serviceable football against, you know, two very dynamic wide receivers in Jefferson and Thielen. So, although, what what the heck happened on that first touchdown? Just, just uh, was that when Thielen I think was it, wide yeah, open I just, in the back I think of the end zone? Yeah, I, th- I think it's just a lack of communication between guys that aren't n- normally on the field together, and it's understandable. And that was my concern coming into this game, that if – if Kirk Cousins was given time that they were going to be in trouble because of all of the different new faces uh, in that secondary. But, but again, when they needed a pass rush, they got it. Um, but I, I thought, yeah, in that instance, it was just, it was youth. It was youth and inexperience that got the best of them. Let's go on out to Bowling Brook and say good afternoon to Josh, who's on ESPN 1000. Hey, Josh, what's going on? What's up, guys? Tom Waddle, love you. Always wanted to call and talk with you. All right. Um, I got to say, the last three games uh, have been a big indictment on Matt Nagy, in my opinion. I know the Bears aren't playing quality defenses, um, but Trubisky looks like an NFL quarterback. And to me, in the last two and a half years, Matt Nagy hasn't been able to figure out how to utilize Trubisky, and Bill Lazor has somehow figured it out in three weeks. And I'm not saying extend Mitch, um, but... If it came down to keeping one in the NFL at their current role, I'd like to see Trubisky over Nagy because Nagy just doesn't have it. And ever since he's turned over the play calling and it looks like he has an, they're the Bears have a real offense, I think it kind of proves it. Just want to know I, what you guys think. I think you, you hit the nail on the head. I think it is an indictment. I mean, Matt's been a great leader inside their locker room despite the six-game losing straight, uh, streak. You know, everyone stayed together. Everyone's pulling on the same end of the rope. All of the great football, you know, sayings uh, uh, hold true. I, I think he has been a good leader for them. But I've been beside myself mystified as to why it took them so long to make the changes that that you mentioned. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's baffling. Again, I don't know if you had made those changes, would it have mitigated the six-game losing streak? They played some pretty good defenses at so there's no guarantee that they were going to be able to put up the same level of production. But there's really no excuse for them having been so stubborn with not wanting to adapt the offense and the play calling to the strengths of their quarterback. And like the caller mentioned, Jeff, three, three weeks ago they decided that uh, this was the way to do it, and they've, they've actually looked significantly better. Yeah, and the weird thing is when you listen to the press conferences over the past week, you do wonder how much of the actual play calling responsibility Matt Nagy has given up because right. you know, I don't know if, I don't know if people caught it, but on Thursday Bill Lazor uh went to the he addressed the media via Zoom and you know, he didn't come out and, you know, tell you with any degree of confidence that hey, you know, I this is my game plan. He he deferred and hemmed and hawed his way to basically defer in every possible way, you know, to give Matt Nagy as much credit as possible. 
So I don't know how much Matt Nagy has actually given up. Like I, it might be just for show because he got sick of answering that question week after week when th- when times were tough. The one thing I'll say though, in Matt Nagy's defense, or maybe in the Bears organ- organization's defense, is if they choose to keep Matt Nagy, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get crazy over it. He's he's he won the Coach of the Year in 2018, his first year, and he's a young coach. And I think people will always point to you know the Steelers and how they've only had three coaches in the history of the Rooney family. But part of the reason is they're willing to let their young coach grow. They let Bill Cowher grow into that role. They let Mike Tomlin grow into that role. And now it goes without saying that you feel all, all the confidence in the, ro- in the world that Mike Tomlin, you know, if they have a maybe a down year, you usually, usually feel like he'll get them back on track fairly quickly because he's been given enough rope to prove it. If you are always willing to just fire the coach at the first sign of trouble, yeah. you're never going to know if you've got a good one, you know. And and Matt Nagy has he's by no means an absolute disaster. Like we all saw Mark Tressman, right. that thing was heading in the wrong direction. That you needed to get out of. But I think if they if they're quick to move on from Matt Nagy, and I, and I think the more we see it, the more I'm thinking it's going to play out where he'll be back next year. It, you know, that's not necessarily a terrible thing because. He may just be a really good coach who needs time to learn, just like everybody needs to learn when they're in a new position. Yeah, no, it's a great point, Jeff. I mean, look, um, I think that you can you can look to a number of different examples where guys got an, uh, when they got a second opportunity, they were better at the job because they learned from the, their mistakes in the first spin. And mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think the Steelers are a good they're they're a good group to 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 point to. Uh, they also do a, a very good job of stacking rosters with quality players year in and year out. And and listen, there are going to be a lot of difficult decisions that have to be made going forward. I'm with you. I think that the, the, the way you laid out the scenario with the coach is very well thought out and very measured. I think that the general manager position has a little bit more risk to it because when you're making the decision on who the next quarterback should be, do you want the same guy making the same decisions, whether it's keeping Mitch on a team-friendly deal, whatever the case may be? Um, but but it will be interesting. Uh, look, I, I don't know who's calling plays right now, but I do know that it took them way too long to, to figure all of this out. And, and if you're that good of a coach, you should realize last year about the halfway point that you need to tailor things uh, uh, around Mitch and not continue to try to beat your head against the wall and just think it was going to get better. So maybe that stubbornness for a first-time head coach is in some ways understandable, not acceptable, but you can almost process it. Going forward, um, not 100% sure what they're going to do, but you would hope that they will continue to learn from some of their mistakes of the past. And we are going to let you hear from Matt Nagy coming up here shortly just after this break. But we've got uh, Waddle for a couple more minutes here, so I'm going to let John and Evanston Bounce his idea off of Waddle. Hey, John, you're on the post-game show with Waddle. What's up, man? Hey, guys. Hey, Tommy. How are you? Hey, John. Hey, you know, uh, two things today real quick, all right? Um, that pick, uh, I, I'm one that would get on Trubisky for throws like that. But when you have two receivers standing next to each other shaking hands, that's not on the quarterback then. That's on the wide receivers. Number two? This is the important one. Um, it's going to be interesting. I think Mitch is doing what he's doing to probably up his his credibility going into the offseason because if I were Mitch, 
I would probably want to go somewhere else and start fresh and not have to worry about the possibility of Nagy coming back again and continuing to, you know, the Chicago is not so much the media as the fan base more than the media, the way, you know, I don't think if I were Trubisky, I'd want to start somewhere where, you know, I'm not hearing all this negativity about my ability all the time and, Start fresh somewhere else, maybe. Well, I w- John, I would say this, a couple of things. First of all, um, like you may have two receivers standing in the same spot, but the quarterback is the highest-paid player on, on most teams for a reason because he's entrusted with making the most important decisions. That ball goes in the stands. If you don't like the look mm-hmm. or a receiver made a bad, uh, a bad decision, throw the ball into the stands and live to see another day. You have to know time and place. You have to value the red zone more it's much more valuable than than if you're at the 40 or the 50 yard line so like look i i we bang on on the head coach for for a lack of 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 adjustments and good common sense uh we also have to hold the quarterback to a high standard as well and that you, you just can't make that throw uh with regard to mitch coming back look maybe he wants a a, a new start People, I would just again say, you you can walk and chew gum at the same time. You can be complimentary of what you've seen from Mitch in an offense that is tailored around him. By the same token, if you're a team that is looking for a quarterback going forward, you can't tell me that there aren't hesitations with someone like him because there are limitations. No, like you're you, – that... Go ahead. You know what I'm well. saying, John? Yeah, it's, no, as it's, um, no, while you're, you're right. Like, the thing you look at is, like, yeah, sure, Mitch would love a clean, fresh start, I have to sure. believe, because, you know, he, he probably feels like, you know what, I ha- you know, they didn't put me in the best positions. As you see these last three games, had he been put in better position, he probably feels confident that he could have been playing like this all season long. Let Again, me, though, Jeff, let me ahead. ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. And you know the game as well as anybody. Um, if you were the general manager of a franchise, are you going to give a quarterback $25 million a year or more if that quarterback has proven to you over the course of a four-year span that there are holes to his game? And there's no perfect quarterbacks. But if you can't function in the pocket, then your value is significantly lower than a quarterback that can function inside the pocket. So be careful what you spend your money on going forward. There is still... I got four years of videotape I can sit down and show you and say, this scares the hell out of me. This I'm really cool with, and I like this, and you've seen a lot of that the last three weeks. But Mm -hmm. when you talk about Mitch wanting to go somewhere else and prove everybody wrong, listen, that young man has to be much better between the tackles than he has been when they've asked him to do that. And really quickly, as we wrap up here with you, Wads, like I look around the league, and most teams are spoken for when it comes to their quarterback position, they're either committed to a younger player that they, or they have the answer, or if they're the Jags or the Jets, they're lined up in a position where you have to believe they would, they're would they definitely going to invest their draft capital in their future quarterback. And especially when we just laid out five quarterbacks who are you know thought of as first-round type prospects, and then all the other guys like Mariota or or even like, you know, again, I don't think, I don't see how it's possible, like you mentioned, for the Eagles to get off of Wentz. But there's so many quarterbacks out there that honestly, when all is said and done, if Mitch ends up back with the Bears, I wouldn't be stunned because sometimes it's just, you know, you dance with the devil you know. The Bears know what they have, and with the salary cap likely being reduced significantly because of the COVID revenue, 
then the Bears are going to look around and they're going to say, you know what, do, we're, if they're picking, you know, 18th, do they, do they really want to take a shot at a, at a quarterback and hoping one's there? Or do they maybe try and bring Mitch back on a, you know, 25 million? I, I can't see Mitch shopping himself around and getting that type of deal anywhere in the yeah. league. There's just no. too many, you know, the, in the game of quarterback musical chairs, all the chairs are taken. I And again, this is what I said last week, and I'll say it again compliment him for being very efficient and doing what they're asking him to do. But also make sure you keep your eyes open when you're looking to the future. Like all of a sudden things didn't just, all of the the concerns didn't go away. They're just minimized because they're not asking him to do a lot of the things that he has struggled with in the past. That's a good decision by the coaching staff and he has responded to it very well. Just know what you're looking at, I think, when you go when you go shopping for the most expensive piece to your puzzle in the NFL, you better know damn sure what the strengths and the weaknesses are of the people that you're shopping for. Well said, Tommy. And uh, more great analysis from Wild coming up tomorrow at 2 o'clock with Sylvie, so make sure you have it locked into ESPN 1000 then. Thanks, Wild. Appreciate you uh, stepping in for Howard Griffin today, man. You got it. Have the, uh, a good rest of your day, Jeff. All right. Take care, Tommy. Um, coming up next, Matt Nagy met the press via Zoom. We'll let you hear what he had to say after a nice win for the Bears, 33-27 to in Minnesota. Up next. The ESPN 1000 Postgame Show returns after these. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's home for sports. The ESPN 1000 Miller Lite Postgame Show is back. Bears with us on ESPN 1000 and the new ESPN Chicago app. The Bears beat the Vikings 33-27 on the road today. Moved themselves to 7-7 and and in position to make a run at the playoffs with a couple of wins here to close out the season and maybe potentially a loss by the Cardinals along the way, and they will find themselves with a playoff berth. I'm Jeff Meller on the Miller Lite Bears postgame show here on ESPN 1000. Howard Griffin is off today. He's got the Big Ten Network responsibilities regarding the college football playoffs. So I will bring you now what Matt Nagy had to say with the media just a short time ago. You know, in in regards to this game, it was, again, a game we're uh, really proud of our offense to – to um, you know, really click and, and play play well, and really the pass game when we had to the run game, obviously getting that going. Uh, I thought Mitchell did a great job of uh, commanding the offense and making smart decisions. Uh, David ran his tail off the offensive line, blocked the tight ends, the wide receivers made big catches, and a credit to our coaching staff. So I, I love the way that that went, um, and, and and so that's that part as far as defense. Uh, I thought that they made some big-time stops at crucial situations in this game where if they don't make those, it could be a different outcome. Uh, they're fighters, and uh, they, they care a lot. And we had a couple guys out today, and I thought the young guys came in and played played well. Uh, you know, those two fourth and ones that we had were huge stops. Uh, credit to the coaching staff for getting those guys right there. And, and then, um, uh, you know, special teams-wise, again, for Cairo to go four for four, uh, for C- CP to – to, to kind of, you know, tough it out through, through a little bit of an injury. Um, and just, you know, field position wise, I thought was good. So, uh, you know, it's exciting for us right now. We know we have two more guaranteed for us and uh, we're, you know, we feel good about all that. So with that, I'll go ahead and open the questions. Matt, how much did Cairo's uh, 
efficiency contribute to your game plan there in the fourth quarter? You know, twice you run the ball to set up that field goal. And just how different is it coaching with that sort of confidence in your guy? Yeah, it's big because you look at where you're at in that position. And uh, Harrison Smith made a great play. He shot, the, he shot the gap, and it was a tough block for Cole. If Cole gets that block, we're running around the edge. We had that play schemed up and ready for that situation. So we all felt good about that. But Harrison's a Pro Bowl player, and he, he's, he's a vet. He's a savvy vet, and he made a good play. I thought Mitch did a good job of not losing four or five yards and just getting up in there, you know, north and south. And so, um, yeah, we're in a position right now when that happens that you feel very confident with your kicker, and he's proven us uh, that he's going to make those. And so uh, as far as where you're at in certain situations, uh, it definitely helps out with some of the play calling, but not, but not all of it. And Matt, what did you specifically like about how Mitch ran the offense today? I think at one point you had six straight drives where you got points, uh, and you didn't uh, – actually it was seven or eight – all the way the rest of the game except for the interception. Um, but then on the interception, what was supposed to happen there? Because uh, it was a little weird seeing Holtz out – not weird, but different seeing Holtz outside, and then it was a little confusing about where the pass was actually going. Yeah, so it was great to see the way that he ran the offense all day today um, in decision-making with these nakeds getting onto the edge. And it's, it's a stress to the defense with the moving parts. And uh, I think he's doing a really good job at just commanding it and, and making good decisions. Uh, he made some nice throws over the middle. The wide receivers and tight ends made some great catches, run after the catch. So all of that right now is a little bit of our identity that, we, that we're, we're clicking with. And so well, we'll continue to keep that going, uh, mixing in some different things and keeping defenses on their heels. So you see when he has to throw the ball 21 times and we're able to run the ball with one running back for 32 attempts, it's, it makes offense a, a lot easier and it's, it's effective. Uh, in, in regards to that, that final play there, that interception, uh, we, we emptied them out. And we uh, uh, now JP was in there replacing Demetrius Harris, who's usually in there uh, at that time. So uh, we'll have to ask. We'll go back and watch the tape. But we have some advantage throws that we like. And I'm not sure if the ball kind of got away from him a little bit, if he was going to A-Rob and the ball just kind of floated. I thought the corner made a good job. He fell off. And, and obviously, I know that bothered Mitch. Uh, on that play, but we were able to to get that stop the next series and, and go down and uh, and you know get points. Hey Matt, how would you describe how David Montgomery played today, and, and what specifically did you like about his uh, 14 yard touchdown run? Yeah, that 14 yard touchdown run was awesome because he runs so hard. He he's really really hard to bring down with one guy. He runs with just you know just extreme passion. The guys love that. We're feeding off of him. Uh, I mean, you you guys need to see the way that he practices every day. I mean, and he just finishes every run down to the goal line and comes on back for the next play. And he cares so much. And the, the big O line are, are blocking their tails off for him. And it's just, we're, we're in sync there. The tight ends getting in there and blocking the wide receivers sticking their nose in there and blocking. It's an unselfish offense right now, which I like. And, um, you know, it starts to, in a game like today uh, with the big O line and then with David following behind them. It was pretty neat. And Matt, to that point on Montgomery, you know, if you guys are going to close this out, finish out on a run here, how important is it going to be for him to keep playing at at the level he's playing at? It seems like you said you guys are feeding off him. It seems like when he's running like this, it just opens up endless possibilities for you guys on offense. It is. It's it you you have to be able to um, you know you get down in games like this. You have to be able to, to run the football. Um, you have to be able to keep them off balance with play actions. Uh, when you're in the, the drop back game, whether it's on third down or first or second, 
you got to be efficient with pass pro. And so I don't know what our average was on first or second down running the ball, but it felt pretty good. And when you're able to get chunks on first or second, it keep, against this defense on third down, these guys are unbelievable on third down. And we, one of the things that we said all week long was if we win third down, we will have a great chance at winning this game. And uh, I have to look down here at the numbers, but it looks like we were six for 12 on third down against this defense. And I'll take that every day of the week. And so um, it starts with the run game and our guys did a great job there. And along with coach Juan, uh, him and Donnie uh, with, with some of the scheme stuff that we're doing, it, it's, they, they did a really good job. Matt, it looked like you were contributing some defensive coaching there on the Hail Mary. I saw you uh, conferring with Chuck and yelling something onto the field. What was your input? What was on your mind on that final play? Well, it's important in those times um, to let these defensive coaches know what you're thinking from an offensive perspective, you know. So for me to be able to tell them, hey, listen, we ha- they have this much time left. Here's what they could do. Here's what they're going to be looking to do. And then I don't tell him what to do, but I, I just tell him from the offensive perspective what he's thinking or what they should be thinking. And, uh, and then they go ahead and make the calls. And so uh, I thought that he made the right call, and then our guys have to execute it. We practice that every, every week. We practice that situation, several of them. So it was good to see it finally come to fruition. You were yelling it to a player too, I think, it looked like? To do what? You looked like you were yelling to a player on the field. Were you, something. Oh, uh, yeah. We, we were just talking through uh, some technique of how we want that guy to play. Uh, you know, to make sure that we protect the sideline to keep them in balance. You know, Matt, we talked so much about Mitch in this kind of new, new-ish scheme and, and the boots and everything. How does it help David, though? How, how has David benefited from this style of offense? Well, it's big because, you know, you have the, the threat of Mitch getting out onto the edge and, um, and then the play actions. you got to keep him, you know, off balance with that. So, it's all working in sync right now. All, all three parts of that are, are good. And then when we get down in the red zone, um, you know, you lose a little bit of that field. They, they have an extra defender with the back end line. So uh, we want to be efficient there and um, probably would have liked to maybe have a couple more touchdowns uh, when we, we got that, that good field position. We didn't. And Cairo pulled us out of it with, with some good field goals. But it's just right now when you watch it, I mean, you, it's just it's working together and, and it's a good thing. Hey, Matt, uh, I'd like to know when in the week you made the decision to take the ball if you won the coin toss. Uh, kind of why and what went into that? And do you, can you recall the last time you, you said, I'll take the ball? I can't, Brad. Um, so it, it, was, it, was, um, it was probably the, the middle of the week. Uh, and you just kind of think through different situations. And, we, you know, we talk about it. And uh, I just – I just know that right now um, it, it's, it just, it just seemed like the right thing to do. Now I look back at it and we went, we went three and out. So um, maybe it wasn't the right decision, but it was just something for us uh, to change it up a little bit. And um, you know, it's just what we ended up doing. Matt, we've talked to you over the years about you, you know, wanting Mitch's eyes to be where your eyes are over the last couple of games. Has that been something you've seen out of him that, that his eyes are going where your eyes are going on these plays? Yeah, he's doing a good job with that. You know, he's he's in a he's in a place right now throughout the weeks where he's just really, uh, you know, as we've talked about, we're we're all collaborating, talking through schematics of what you know the, the the plays and what we like, what he feels good with, and not that we haven't been doing that before, but you can you can obviously see that some of the stuff is a little different, and so it's it's fitting us and um, it's working. And so what we got to do now is just make sure that um, 
we don't get stale with it and that we always try to stay one step ahead of these defenses because you start having tendencies in what you do. And so we want to help him out. We want to help our offense out. And I want to credit our, our coaching staff on offense for, um, for really, you know, working through all this, staying together and, and all of us just having a lot of input. It's, it's it, that part's been good. There is Matt Nagy meeting the media via Zoom after the Bears' 33-27 victory over the Vikings in Minnesota today. Up next, we'll check in with Jeff Dickerson, who took in that Zoom media call. We'll see what he had to think about today's game. Up next. Howard Griffith and Jeff Meller. More postgame coming up. This is the ESPN 1000 postgame show on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. This is Chicago's home for sports. The ESPN 1000 Miller Lite postgame show is back. It's back. With your hosts, ESPN 1000 fantasy expert and host Jeff Miller, two-time Super Bowl champion, Chicago native, Howard Griffith. Now, back to more on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. The Bears are back to 500 at 7-7 seven and seven after a 33-27 victory over the Vikings in Minnesota today. Nice win on the road. They go up early, and the Vikings made it a game, but the Bears were able to hang on. And behind a career performance from David Montgomery, 32 carries for 146 yards and two touchdowns, the Bears got their second victory in a row and they have themselves a team that is in the hunt and they will no doubt be on the big board when Steve Karnacki is breaking down the playoff odds on NBC tonight before the Browns Giants game and let's turn now to Jeff Dickerson who covers the Bears for ESPN 1000 and ESPN.com JD what were your thoughts about today's win over the Vikings they are in the hunt for real you know usually Jeff I laugh at in the hunt I'm like oh here we go they're not Mm. in the hunt they're in the hunt at at seven and seven now Arizona is beating Philadelphia and Tampa came back to beat Atlanta that didn't help the Bears today but They've got a very winnable game against a one-win Jacksonville team next week. Part of me thinks that Green Bay will not take it easy on the Bears in Week 17 because mm-hmm. that's just not what Green Bay does. I think they would love to bury the Bears if possible, but we'll get to Week 17 when that comes around. I think they have a real shot to be 8-7 and seven going into the last week, and, and then we'll see what happens. But a couple of things that stood out today and stuff we talked about on the Zoom calls uh, with Nagy and, and all the players and everything. I mean, David Montgomery really set the tone. I thought Trubisky, Jeff, was very efficient. He was smart, except for that pick in the end zone uh, near the end of the game that could have come back and cost them, but it did not. Except for that one or two bad decisions, he was really sharp. But all of that is made possible when David Montgomery is ripping off these runs when he's carrying guys into the end zone. You gave the stats coming in, 32 rushing attempts, 146 yards. He was just spectacular. Now you could ask the question, where has that been? My answer is, mm. I don't know. But, Jeff, it's <laughs> here now. And I would, I would argue that there is, there is no one more important here for the Bears, not even Trubisky. 
in these final two weeks. If they want to keep this ride going, if they want to potentially win out, they need Montgomery to play the way that he played to he played against Minnesota or at least close to the way that he played against the Vikings. That was first and foremost. Secondly, you know, defensively it was not great. They were missing though, you know, a couple of key members of their secondary. There was some confusion, certainly on that first Alan Adam Thielen uh, touchdown in the first quarter when he was wide open in the end zone and Kirk Cousins hit him for three yards. So there were some miscues on defense. But Dalvin Cook is also a stud, and he played like a star. So did Jefferson. The Vikings have weapons. They just didn't have a great defense today, and their quarterback is usually pretty mediocre sometimes in games like this. So so that was the difference. It was a hard-fought game, and the Bears keep going while the Vikings are, are basically done, Jeff. Uh, Jeff Dickerson is brought to you by Miller Lite, the official beer of the Chicago Bears. Yeah, you mentioned David Montgomery and the commitment to him. It's funny because after his first carry, he rips off, you know, that 19-yard run, which was actually his longest run of the game. Um, And then all of a sudden, Cordero Patterson, you know, immediately gets the next carry because he comes off the field. And I'm thinking to myself, really, we're going to do this yet again? And no, to my pleasant surprise, J.D., that would be it. That would be the only Cordero Patterson run that we would see the rest of the day. And I think... It's one of those things where if you've watched football long enough, you know that certain running backs, they just get better when they get into a rhythm. You know, they have the opportunity to keep, you know, you feed them the ball and you see some better results at times. And I think on display today, that's what we saw from David Montgomery. You give him the opportunity to run. And even the the, uh, offensive line as well, Cody Whitehair, I thought was really good, specifically in the first half. They, they, They were able to create some running lanes for him and, as a whole, I thought the offense functioned a lot better. Patterson did injure his knee, so I'm okay. wondering if, if maybe that was. Uh, I think a yeah, there you go. Why? That, I mean, he was he was there was the one kickoff return. He was hurt. He missed a little bit of time. He went back in there. Remember they squibbed one down the middle, and he let yes. it roll past him in the end zone. Now yes. the, the normal Cordero Patterson oh, picked yeah. that thing up, and he was gone. Right. So he was a little he was a little leery about about testing out the knee. So I think that probably played a role um, for the better uh, for the Bears' offense about him not getting more than one carry. Montgomery is just you know he runs so low to the ground, Jeff, and a lot of these runs he you know he'll start inside, then he bounces out. You mentioned Whitehair and they love Sam Mustafer, of course it's center. Um, mm-hmm. They're just they've got some guys they plugged in there that are doing a really nice job. I thought the blocking outside from the tackles wasn't bad today. Um, and I know that, that it's so weird to watch this because this is so counter to what Bears fans had been watching for almost the entire year. I mean, Jeff, think about the, think about the, uh, the irony here. The worst game that they've played on offense all year was mm-hmm. against these Vikings back yep. in Week 10. That was the game where you literally felt sick watching them yeah. play the way they were playing. And this is a just completely different approach today, different results. You know, Mooney, Darnell Mooney, breaks Harlan Hill's record for most receptions as a rookie in a Bears uniform with 46. You know, he also had a nice little jet sweep where he gained 16 yards. Mm-hmm. Allen Robinson comes up with some big catches, almost has 100 yards catching on the day. So Trubisky, you know, moved the ball around. And I like, too, that Trubisky ran the ball eight times for 34 yards. You know, he's he's not forcing it, but I thought today 
when the opportunity was there. There was one time when he could have taken off. He chose not to. But Allen Robinson put a nice move on a guy and came back and caught the ball inbounds for a first yes. down. But usually today, when, when Mitch had the chance and it was the right decision, he made the right decision. So, again, from top to bottom, you know, 23 first downs, you know, 6 out of 12 on third down, almost 400 net yards for the Bears. They had the ball 32, t- 32 minutes. For fun, we should pull up, before I get off the air here with you, mm-hmm. we should pull up the numbers from the Week 10 game against Minnesota and compare the two and just see in just over a month how radically different those two things look. Uh, as you speak, I'm pulling it up now. So, uh, yes, we'll, we'll recall that was the Nick Foles start there. He went 15 for 26 for 106 yards um, through one pick. Uh, Cordero Patterson led the way with 12 carries, 30 rushing yards. Uh, Receiving-wise, they uh, they threw for a total of 124 passing yards because uh, Tyler Bray also snuck in a completion there. Allen Robinson led the way with 43 yards on six catches. And, um, yeah, it was an anemic offensive performance all around. They had uh, 41 yards rushing on 17 carries, and they lost the game 19-13. to 13. And, and the score did not indicate the margin at all. of that game. I mean, that was a much worse game than – than the score would would tell you. So, I mean, again, the point is is that this has really changed a lot. Does this mean that you should look at this and say all their answers, Jeff, are solved for the future? I I would hesitate to do that because we've seen them get on a little bit of a roll. And then, by the way, the Bears had 10 first downs in that game. Back on uh, back against the Vikings. They had 10. They had 23 first downs today. 149 net yards. They were 2 of 11 on third down, 6 of 12 today. So I, I know that, again, like people like to look at one game and make these big statements about here here it is. This is, this is the tipping point here. This is going to happen for sure going forward. With the Bears, there are no certainties, Jeff. There are no absolutes. We don't live in a world of absolutes covering the NFL. <laughs> so my, my advice is enjoy this game. Enjoy how Trubisky is playing. Don't worry about what happens after the season. I would still say the odds of him coming back are not great. But that should not have any bearing on how the last couple of weeks go. And if they find a way to get into the playoffs, mm-hmm. you know, that would be two and three years for the Bears. Yep. That's like a dynasty. So, like, there are some things <laughs> happening here that – that I think people should just sit back and enjoy and not worry about putting these long-term labels or ramifications on everything. No, I'm, I'm completely with you. And, and as you mentioned at the start, you know, it's not – they're truly in the hunt at this point. And while it's not um, the way you would have envisioned it after their 5-1 and one start, <laughs> right. you know, after, you know, a six-game losing streak, things certainly are, you know, trending in the right direction. And, and yeah, the opponents – but look, the Vikings, they it was a win-or-die situation for them as well at home. So the fact that you go in there against the division rival, that, that stands for something. You got to, you know, you give them credit for that. And I'm and I am encouraged by the fact that Matt Nagy has seemed to finally figure out that, hey, if we're gonna, you know, Trubisky is best when you're not asking him to do too much. You ask him what he, he's capable of doing, and you let David Montgomery run, and all of a sudden you can actually put yourself in better positions. And so I'm encouraged by that. Like, you know. It's nice to see growth from the head coach at the very least. I'll ask you this, Jeff. So let's say you're sitting back and you're evaluating what you're seeing here and you're making decisions uh, about the head coach going forward. I would say the last three weeks, have the Bears 
as a team to you, Jeff, mm-hmm. look like? Have they come out ready to play? Have they come out oh. with a sense of purpose, right, with mm-hmm. a lot of energy, and the results have been there? Now, they lost against Detroit. It wasn't because they had a bad start to that game. They had a bad finish to that not. game. So, mm-hmm. I mean, so if I'm looking at this objectively, I'm saying, wow, well, Matt Nagy has not lost the group. There's no way. I mean, you might not love them. You can question decisions. But this is a team that is playing very hard for their head coach, and they've played pretty hard for him throughout. So I would be encouraged. And you mentioned about them pulling the plug on the Vikings. They did the same thing in 2018 to Minnesota yeah. at U.S. Bank Stadium. Now, this is twice they've he, really you know put the kibosh hey. on what some people thought was going to be a good year for, for Zimmer's team. So, I mean, does it, does it mean that the six-game losing streak did not happen? No, of course not. But I really do think that this team is playing well. Matt Nagy's won 27 games in less than three years. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, there's, these, are, these decisions are not going to be easy for anyone to reach ultimately when the season ends. Uh, with Howard Griffith doing some big, big Ten Network responsibilities, J.D. Uh, Wilder joined me for the first hour. And I was telling him, you know, the, like you just pointed out, the 27 wins now in, in three years. That's, look, you know. I know some people are saying, well, yeah, but it's going backwards. The uh, truth is, yeah. Yeah, but but like my point is that, you know, it's not a complete disaster like it was with Mark Tressman. You knew that Tressman, that situation needed to end. Like people will always point to how the Bears, you know, they'd like to be the Steelers. They'd like to be the Roonies. Were you? And the truth is that if you're ever going to be that type of organization, you need to have continuity with your head, with your coaching staff. And Matt Nagy, to me, has proven that, you know, at least we'll see how it finishes out. But he's proven to me that at the very least, I think he should have the opportunity to coach next season because I don't know if he's going to be a great head coach, but I'd like to give him the opportunity to prove that he's not going to be because there's nothing worse than starting the cycle over again and being unsure about the next guy. You know what I mean? Like he, you, you never really young, know yes. who you have. He's Absolutely. a young guy. Young, young guy, Jeff. Young guy. Let's say they get eight wins. I think that's very – I think that's very feasible looking at Jacksonville next week, okay? If they mm-hmm. get to eight wins, that's three straight years of 500 or better. Mm-hmm. They did that once with Lovey. That was 2010 until he finished, right? They, were, they won the division in 2010. They finished, I think, 8-8 eight and eight in 2011. Um, then they had the year in 2012. And then mm-hmm. actually in Tressman's first year, they were 8-8. Eight and eight. So they had four straight years of 500 or better ball. So that mm-hmm. hasn't happened since then. If you want to look before that... The Bears have not had three straight years of 500 or better since, like, the heyday of the coach, like 86, <laughs> 87, 88, okay? Yeah. So, I mean, yes. again, no one is saying that that Vince Lombardi is coaching the Bears right now, but this is a young coach that's 27 and 20. The team is fighting. The offense has, in the short term now, figured some things out. We'll see if that can, can carry over till next year, but... I don't. I just don't feel like this is a a fire everybody uh, scenario here. You 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 could say the front office has had a lot more time, and if they miss the playoffs, that's five or six years, Jeff. That's completely mm-hmm. different. But the head coach in year three, I, I think you've seen quite a bit of good stuff. No doubt about it. All right, JD. Uh, as I spring you here, any uh, thoughts on Brett Bielma, your new uh, head coach well, of the Fighting Illini? I was. I thought Howard was going to like give the scoop. I mean, I I think Howard played a role in the hiring. By the way, I'm just kidding. Um, you and me. Yeah, I mean, I'm just kidding. But uh, 
I, w- I was hoping that Howard would uh, give us uh, some 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 lowdown. My my feeling is it's it's a fine hire, and uh, you know Brett Bielema was not hired Jeff to beat mm-hmm. was not hired to beat Alabama. He was hired to beat Purdue and Michigan State and the other mid tier Big Ten programs, which Illinois is one of. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm going to have an open mind and give it a chance. Uh, no doubt about it. nothing wrong with that. All right, JD, thanks for hopping on. Always appreciate it. We'll uh, talk to you next week and. You and Howell Griff can uh, chop it up about Illinois football then. Let's hope it's still relevant then. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> All right. Take it <laughs> easy, buddy. That is Jeff Dickerson, as always, brought to you by Miller Lite, the official beer of the Chicago Bears. Uh, don't go anywhere if you'd like to get in before we wrap a pair of 312-332-3776. Mike and Lombard's up next. We've also got our close call of the game, and we'll hear from Mitch Jabriski as well. All Still a lot to do here on the postgame show on ESPN 1000. Don't move. More of the ESPN 1000 postgame show is coming up on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000. And the ESPN Chicago app. The ESPN 1000 Miller Lite postgame show is back. This is Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000. On a third and three. Sideline throw, and on the sideline, rule to catch, Allen Robinson. Perfect toss inside the 10 where the feet in. He hauled the pass in. The Allen Robinson catch is upheld. Vikings lose a challenge and a timeout. It was close, and Greg, here's the other, right there. Right there, it's so close. It was indeed so close. That's why we're going to go ahead and make it our close call of the game. Brought to you by Harry's Razors. Created to be a little bit different. Honestly priced and made with integrity. Go see for yourself at harrys.com. That Allen Robinson catch along the sidelines is indeed our Harry's Razor. Close call of the game. And as I always say, it's not just the Razors, folks. I also enjoy the post-shave balm by Harry's. Lots of great products by Harry's. So, Check them out for your shaving needs. Let's head on out to Lombard and say good evening to Mike, who's been patient. Mike, thanks for hanging on. Appreciate it, man. What's going on with you? Hey, guys. Happy holidays. How are you? Uh, very well. Happy holidays to you. Um, I got to tell you guys, I've been listening to this, and, uh, you know, Tom, you're right on. Uh, this has all been naggy and the play calling. It seems like we finally are all watching that. Um, and you said last year it, it made you a little upset because it took them this long to change it. And I've talked to you and Sylvie last couple of years a few times on this. And I, I call in and I would say this isn't about Mitch being inaccurate and inaccurate. He's much more accurate when he's moving. It's not about him being a running quarterback. He's more comfortable. And that's what you've been saying today. It seems like everybody the last couple of weeks has finally been focusing on this stuff. And i got to tell you, uh, Wilbon's been right on. He said a couple weeks ago, you need to tell Nagy to either coach this guy right or take a walk. And when I hear Jeff Dickerson saying, you know, eight and eight's not so bad, three years in a row, not with this team. And maybe he's a good guy, but this guy, Nagy, um, I don't know why we're giving him so much breaks on this. We didn't hire him to be a rah-rah guy. He might get the team up the plane, but he single-handedly to have to give up this play calling and what's been going on with our team. Do you really believe if he wasn't here last year in the beginning of this year with this defense and Mitch doing what he's doing, that, th- that we'd be fighting to get in the playoffs? 
we gotta we gotta up our stands a little bit. This team's been too good to be eight and eight, and I don't know why we're giving this guy such a pass. Um, we need to do better than this, and it's right in front of our faces now. This has not been Trubisky. It's not the offensive line. It's not Robinson dropping passes or Miller dropping passes. It's all it's all play calling. And Tom, you're right on. You're spot on with this now. So I hope we don't give this guy a pass because we don't want to go through this again next year as Bears fans. No, hey, hey, great call, Mike. Do appreciate it. You know, I don't think we're giving him a pass per se. And um, he was mentioning Tom Waddle was with us there in the first hour, a little bit longer than that today. But uh, he did drop off. But thanks for the comments, Mike. I'll pass him along to Waddle for sure. Um, but your point, you know, I, I do understand, you know, that Nagy, you know, he was brought in to be the offensive guru to work with Mitchell Trubisky. And I think a lot of people have been disappointed in that. Conversely, though, you do have to give him credit for the head coaching abilities that he's brought to the table. It's undeniable that the, you know, the atmosphere, the chemistry that he has amongst his players is definitely palpable. You cannot deny that the players play hard for him. And not every head coach can bring that to the table. You know, that's one of those things I don't think we knew Matt Nagy had until we actually saw it in action. Bear, Bear, Bears football. The ESPN 1000 Miller Lite postgame show is back with your hosts, ESPN 1000 fantasy expert and host Jeff Miller and two-time Super Bowl champion Chicago native Howard Griffith. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. And the ESPN Chicago app. The Bears moved to 7-7 seven and seven on the season with a win over the Vikings, 33-27 in Minnesota earlier today. They hang on. It took a final interception on a 35-yard Hail Mary attempt by Kirk Cousins to wrap things up, but they essentially had control of the game throughout most of it, and a very impressive win on the strength of David Montgomery's career day. Goes for 146 yards, toting the rock 32 times, a couple of scores as well, and the Bears ride him to victory and are back in the hunt at 7-7. Seven and seven. They're just outside looking in right now as the Cardinals hold that final seven seed. The Cardinals right now are on top of the Eagles early in the third quarter, 26. So that game, obviously, very meaningful as the Bears watch that one. The Cardinals still do have the 49ers, who lost today, and the Rams, who are losing to the Jets, believe it or not, on their remaining schedule. So if the Bears can win out and have just one loss there by the Cards, they can find themselves in with that final playoff berth and the seventh seed. So they have a lot to play for as the uh, season winds down here. Thanks, in large part to today's huge win over the Vikings. Before we let you hear from Mitch Trubisky quickly, let's go on out to Los Angeles, a Bears fan, hanging out in Kelly. Another Jeff. Jeff, you're on with Jeff Meller. What's going on, my man? Hey, Jeff. How are you doing? Um, the, a couple of things that were overlooked, the offensive line or just the offensive in general, I don't, I don't believe there were any penalties, which is huge. That's a huge upgrade, What the way things have gone in the last – couple of weeks you know what i mean um oh no you're, you're absolutely you're absolutely right jeff before you here before you move on you're you're absolutely right in that the bears have been one of the least disciplined teams in the nfl and today that certainly goes a long way when you're not playing from behind the sticks yeah and in my opinion this is like the worst scenario that could 
have happened where they look good against inferior teams and it's going to placate the McCaskies to go, oh, next year it's going to be, it'll be great. It won't be, we all know. But instead of just keeping pace and naggy, maybe what if they have Mm -hmm. uh, um, Phillips retire and replace Mm -hmm. him with maybe Rick Smith? Keep Nagy and Pace, but bring in somebody Mm -hmm. who is a football guy to oversee the draft and whatnot, so that Pace isn't doesn't have free free reign, free will. You know what I mean? Sure. They're probably yeah. No, listen, Pace and Nagy. Yeah, no, I I hear what you're saying, Jeff. Honestly, um, I brought up I brought up Rick Smith's name about a a month ago when the Bears were in some you know in, in a pretty bad spot. I don't know at what point, you know, we started floating his name around on the postgame show, you know, with Howard Griffith. But, you know, yeah, look, Rick Smith is a name that I really like. Ted Phillips, there's been rumors that he is considering retiring at the end of the season. So we'll see how that plays out and how George McCaskey and the um, entire McCaskey family would choose to approach that. Um, You know, the more games they win, the more likely I think it is that Pace and Nagy will retain their current positions. And, you know, the, the problem is, though, they're already at seven wins. They were at five wins, six games into the season. So, so the truth is they were never going to have a high draft pick to put themselves in position to potentially take uh, you know, a high quarterback. At this point, I'm hoping they make that playoff push and maybe see what happens. Because as I mentioned earlier in the show with Waddle, I think if you're ever going to get out of the doldrums of, of you know, kind of continually recycling coaches in and out, you have to have, give a guy an opportunity to grow on the job and hopefully – Matt Nagy gets it. All right, before we get out of here, I'm going to let you hear from Mitch Trubisky after uh, a second straight win and a third straight good performance. This is what he had to say to the media via Zoom earlier today. Hey, Mitch, uh, two-parter for you. Uh, One, uh, what does it mean to have your playoff hopes alive here, given the ups and downs of the season? And then uh, also, how would you describe kind of the mindset of this team in the locker room postgame? Um, we're excited. We're excited. I mean, this is what you play for. You play for an opportunity to get into the playoffs and we had a bad streak going there, but, um, we knew if we stuck together and battled as a family and just kept leaning on each other, um, that we can make a run and we put ourselves in a position to do so. But at the end of the day, it just comes being, it comes down to being focused one one day and one game at a time. And, uh, we got to enjoy this today, but then also go back to work next week. And, but the guys in the locker room are excited. We're just there's there's really good camaraderie right now, um, just an intensity and focus that I that I like to see, and we're in a good spot. We just got to keep that going. Hey, Mitch, I'm curious uh, what happened in the end zone on the pick. Matt said he thought maybe the ball got away from you, but he, that he had wanted to ask you, so I figured I would. Yeah, it got a, it got away from me a little bit. Um, I just I, th- I thought I could make a little bit better of a throw and also a little bit better of a decision down there. Um, the, that would be one I, I would want back. Uh, just just. We need a touchdown in that situation or a field goal at the least to, to put them away. Um, luckily, the defense had my back coming up with a big stop at the end there. Um, and my teammates had my back too. So, But that, that is one throw I definitely would want to have back. It just it, it didn't go exactly where I wanted it to go. When you said better decision, was there someone else open you saw afterwards or was it just if it's not there, throw it away? It, more of a, if it's not there, throw it away situation. Um, it, it's it's got to be in a spot where either A-Rob can get it or nobody, and it just it, it sailed on me a little bit. Over the last couple of years, we've, we've been asking Coach Nagy about 
you know, you and his having his eyes matching on a play. So, you know, your eyes matching where he's looking on a play. Do you feel like over the last three weeks that's been happening more, that you've been more in sync with what Coach Nagy and, and also then Coach Laser are looking at on these plays? Yes, definitely. I would say so. I think I'm just going out there trusting what I'm seeing and I'm getting the ball in the right place. Um, of course, there's always a couple times a game where I'm on the field and I see something that happens differently than what they see in the sidelines or up on the box. But we, we just communicate that stuff on the sidelines, um, continue to improve, move forward and have that constant um, communication and dialogue that helps us get better. But I definitely feel like my highs have been in the right sp- spot and um, I'm, I'm doing what I'm coached to do and just trying to make plays for the offense. Can you talk about, you know, David Montgomery and what it means to this offense when he outgained and outscored one of the league's premier rushers in Dalvin Cook? Yeah, David's a special running back. He runs with such great passion and will when he has the ball in his hands. Um, and, and him and I both know that it all starts up front with this offensive line. The way they're playing together, coming off the line and, and creating those seams for him to run through. Um, well, you get David in open field. He's a special back. He's going to make guys miss. Guys are going to bounce off of him, and, and he runs harder than uh, anyone I've seen in person. So he, it, it's special when he has the ball in his hands, and all eleven guys got to do our jobs so we can continue to spring him loose. Um, and and the O line has done a great job doing that. And Mitch, at this point, you you know Mike Zimmer's defense well uh, and what he tries to do against you. Uh, what, what kind of wrinkles did he throw out there for you today, and and how did you you feel like you handled it? Yeah, I think um, they threw a couple pretty couple good pressures at us on third down, but I just got the ball out quick, and we were able to um, get a couple third down conversions there. But for the most part, um, they they did a good job keeping it in front. I don't think they didn't want, they didn't want anything to get behind them, and that's where just the the movements and, and our run game uh, went to work. So we did a great job running the football today, staying um, efficient on first and seven, second down, so we could stay out of those third down situations where they're going to show more of those funky looks. And we know that. So um, they're just a very sound defense. They just want to have guys in the right spot. So they're able to make plays and um, they're, they're two safeties in the back end make it hard on, on quarterbacks um, with the uh, false rotations and just jumping around and stuff like that. But I thought we did a good job. Just um, everyone being on the same page and executing and, and we were able to score a good amount of points today. Mitch, was, it, was this game as balanced as you can remember? You know, just having the, the run and the pass working together hand-in-hand. Hand. And off that, how much is it, um, you know, benefiting you uh, to be able to have that with David and just kind of go back and forth with the two? It's huge. We, wanna, we want to be a balanced offense for sure. And I think the run plays off the pass and, and the, pla- the pass plays off the run really well. And uh, But our line takes a lot of pride in, in running the football, and so does David. So when we have that going for us, I feel like everything else in our offense really opens up. Um, and especially when you're going against uh, a Vikings defense uh, who wanted to play a little more shell, too high safety today, That's they're, they're asking you to run the football. So we wanted to go out there, establish the run today, and the O-line with their mindset and David with his, uh, that we just went out there and that's what we did. But um, we, we passed when we needed to, and it, and it was a pretty balanced game all across the board. Mitch, I'm, I'm curious how you feel about Cairo right now and the, and the hot streak that he's on. He's special, special. He's having a special season. He's, he's, he was clutch for us today. Uh, those field goals are, are huge, and he hit every single one of them. So um, I just got to know when we, get, when we pass the 50 and, and when we're down in the red zone to be, to be smart, to continue to give him those opportunities to put points on the board for us. Um, and, and he's doing a great job. We're really proud of him and the whole special teams unit. Um, uh, punt, punt, return, kickoff, kick, return. 
um, all those guys are doing are doing a great job, and it, Cairo's doing awesome. But it's the operation too, Pat Scales uh, and Patio with the, with the snap and the hold, and those guys have been money, and I'm super proud of them. Mitch, compare the confidence the, that you and the offense are feeling right now to earlier in the season, and how does the confidence that you guys have, the vibe that you guys have, impact what you're able to. Yeah, confidence is very important. I would say we're definitely uh, – I, I don't want to quite say night and day, but our confidence is way up from earlier in the season where it just seemed like we were a little unsure about what we wanted to do, who we wanted to be. We have more of an identity now. Um, starts with running, running the football and, and then the play action and movement game that comes off that and just being efficient on first and second down. Um and being a balanced offense. So I feel like we have more of an identity now. Guys are buying into it. Um, there's more passion and excitement at practice over the last few weeks. We feel like we keep getting better every single week. And when you keep getting better, you just – and guys get more experience um, playing together. Uh, 11 is one. I think that's when guys just really gain confidence. And then you're just able to go out there and play free, play, play loose, and play the way that we know we're capable of playing. There you go. There's Mitch Trubisky, the starting quarterback – of the Bears after a 33-27 victory over the Vikings today, moving them to back to 500 at 7-7 seven and seven on the season, and I think officially back in the hunt, a believable in the hunt, if you will. They are a half game behind the Arizona Cardinals, who currently lead the Philadelphia Eagles 26-20 to 20 right now, early in the third quarter, 10 minutes still left in the third there. Uh, also, meanwhile, the Jets on top of the Rams, 23-10, to 10, surprisingly, right now as they start the fourth quarter. And at halftime, the Chiefs lead the Saints 14-9. to 9. That game, of course, critical for the Packers' hopes of an early clinch of the number one seed and the bye in the NFC. If the Saints were to lose that one, the Packers are one step closer to clinching with one more win. And that would, of course, be critical for the Bears who would be playing the Packers in Week 17 with potentially nothing to play for. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. The Bears still have to take bit, take care of business in Jacksonville next week when they head out to Jacksonville. All right, that'll do it for us here on the Miller Lite Bears postgame show. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to Jeff Dickerson and Tom Waddle for pinch hitting for Howard Griffith there. And thanks to my man, Sean Davis, for spinning the dials back at the shop. And thanks to you, the listeners. We'll be back next week, right after the Jacksonville game here on ESPN 1000. Thanks for listening to the ESPN 1000 Miller Lite postgame show. Presented by Miller Lite, the official beer of the Chicago Bears. And brought to you by GetCoveredIllinois.gov, the home loan experts, ComEd's energy efficiency program, and Harry's Razors. Bears Talk continues at 7 a.m. with Cap and Jay Hood on the new morning show on ESPN 1000. Ah.